Giuliani. Hello, America. You are listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you very, very much for sh- for tuning in today. And we've got a lot to cover. And uh, hopefully you've got some comments you want to make. And so let's get started and stay right here because I'm going to be bringing you uh, final thoughts towards the end of the show and uh, observations that um, I think you're going to want to you're going to want to think about. First, I want to I want to do something I don't usually do, and that is plug a book. It's called Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations, written by Barbara from Harlem. And I know you can get it on Amazon uh, right now. You can get a paperback version of it. I think it's 15 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. It is well worth it. I read the whole thing last night. And um, I have to tell you, it starts a little slow. Interesting. Interesting, because it tells you a little about our life. But by the time you get to page 40, then you cannot put it down. You just go right you go right to the end. Uh, and the, it, the reason it's so good is that Barbara is both uh, uh, relating her own experiences, her own having to deal with racism, ha- having to deal with the Ku Klux Klan, the whole thing, and then her own observations on how, uh, how in a lot of the movement to help African Americans has lost its way, particularly as guided by the Democrat Party, because Democrat Party priorities took over uh, rather than helping the black community. In fact, you know, if you read carefully, it gets pretty close to saying Communist Party uh, priorities started to take over. She traces it back to Marx and Engels. And so it's both a very interesting book uh, told by uh, about a woman's life experiences, but also quite intellectual and and, uh, well-written. I would I would uh, I'd read this. I think it's going to be a. Um, big contribution to understanding uh, how uh, at least some of the black, some portion of the black community had been manipulated into uh, becoming um, almost automatic votes for a party that has uh, double-crossed. Really, uh, I mean, you can just see it in the combination of when uh, Trump was president, African-American wages, black wages, the highest ever, more working than ever before. Now, uh, very different, very, very different. And the whole uh, enticement to dependency is tremendous within the Biden and Bidenista group. I mean, uh, even even the bill that's pending, the one that he's trying to pass, uh, the Make America Dependent bill, uh, isn't even needed because America's pretty close to being dependent already and more dependent than some socialist countries. And so she, she points that out, but also shows you the practical effect of that. I think it's quite, quite interesting. So Justin Trudeau has completely lost his mind, right? I would say he's completely, uh, what was that? There's an expression that Barbara uses in the book, you know, and so it's on my tip of my tongue for having read it last night, snowflakes. You know, these people are snowflakes. I call them sissy, sissy boys and stuff. This guy, uh, I know he came out of hiding and he, he's now attacking conservative members for supporting uh, people that have swastikas and Confederate flags. And one of the people he was attacking is a, a Jewish woman, the first Jewish woman to be elected from her par- party, I guess. Uh, and, um, uh, 
I mean, the conservative party has hit back very, very hard, basically saying, uh, I've never seen such shameful and dishonorable remarks coming from a prime minister. There are members of this conservative caucus who are descendants of the victims of the Holocaust. I'm a strong Jewish woman and a member of this house and a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and it's never been singled out, and I've never been made to feel less important, except for today when the prime minister accused me of standing with swastikas. I think he owes me an apology. I'd like an apology, and I think he owes me an apology to all members of this house. I mean, what he's doing to these people is totally outrageous. I mean, I don't see any I don't. I don't see any violence and I'm not, you know, I don't work for CNN and therefore I'm blind like that woman who was standing in front of the buildings that were burning, uh, that Black Lives Matter was burning down. And she was saying, well, this is a very peaceful riot. Meanwhile, she almost got burned to death. Uh, I, I, I don't see how you can invoke these emergency powers and, t- and try to take their income away, try to take their bank accounts away. Sounds an awful lot like. Uh, maybe Trudeau is related to Castro. I don't know. He's sure acting like him. He's acting like a fascist, really. But, you know, so is um, so is Macron and so is Biden. I mean, you look, you look at the, the mask, the mask thing. The mask thing has really changed a lot. I mean, there's a poll today. I think this is the first time it's flipped around. More people are against masks than for them, 49-42. Um, I mean, the simple fact is that the cloth mask is a big joke. It never did anything. It doesn't do anything. No serious doctor would ever wear it doing an operation. Uh, if you have it on too long, it's going to probably probably spread disease more than it doesn't. And it is particularly useless for children and maybe damaging for children. Uh, children, by and large, don't get any form of this illness. They don't die from it, and they don't spread it at anywhere near the rates that other people do. So why you've got these kids locked in masks for two years in school, like they're the man in the iron mask, when you now have positive evidence that it does damage? First of all, it spreads more disease. Children have sniffles. Children have colds. They don't change the mask every two hours, which they're supposed to do. It's a cloth mask. It doesn't do any good anyway. It doesn't prevent your spreading the disease. It doesn't prevent your getting the disease. The cloth mask is useless. All those millions or billions or trillions that have been spent for it, it's a fraud. Just make people feel good. You have to have an N95 mask if you want to do anything. And even those are now subject to half of them are knockoffs that don't work. Really, for it to work, it has to be fitted to your face which is what happens with doctors and nurses and in operating rooms. Well, the mask thing has been completely exposed, and particularly with regard to children. But the administration now wants to do away with masks. I mean, they're like four months too late. But they went out and they got a better mask for children. So they want to keep our kids, you know, locked up like the man in the iron mask. So more kids can have emotional disorders. More kids can have an interference in their education. More kids can wear something to prevent something that doesn't happen to them. Why? What is going on? But listen, listen to, I mean, I think this guy should just be put away somewhere and told to shut up. Has he, has he been right consistently about anything? Fauci, I mean, I got to believe that the extreme, 
sensitive number of deaths in this country has a lot to do with the idiotic advice that he's been giving throughout. I mean, this is the guy who first told you masks are useless. Then he told you masks are necessary. Then he said you should try two or three. That might help more. It doesn't, by the way. He has never told you the truth about masks. Didn't tell you the truth about uh, 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 medicines that could treat the disease because he was uh, working for the pharmaceutical companies who want you to spend money on vaccines. And his organization makes a fortune from the vaccines. And the pharmaceutical companies make astronomical amounts of money. I mean, every booster is another trillion dollars for, for them. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll boost you as much as you want. You can get boosted forever. Listen to Fauci now on, on mass for children that are now by decent, honest scientists determined to be completely useless. Well, right now, according to the metrics that the CDC has currently in place, the answer to that is yes. And the CDC does recommend that there's masking in school, given the current dynamics of the outbreak right now. When they are doing what you suggested earlier on in the interview, that they're looking at modifying the metrics of what they consider the guidelines for masking, that could change in some regions depending upon what the level of viral activity as well as the impact on severe disease as manifested by hospitalization. If you understand that, that's great. Who cares what the CDC says? Have they been right about anything? This is the guy who told you that it could never have come from the laboratory. This is the guy who told you that he didn't think China would do anything like that because he couldn't see China killing its own people. That, but that he's off by 60 million on that one. In other words, they've killed 60 million of their own people. The only guy who doesn't know it is the weasel. I call him the weasel. I don't know. You know what? You know how they say America is very lucky that we have the right person at the right time. Well, every once in a while, we're not so lucky. We have the wrong person at the wrong time. Fauci was the wrong person at the wrong time. It could take a long time for people to tell the truth about him because he became the hero of the left. And you know what they're like if they're wrong. We 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 can see that with their unwillingness to question hoax. I mean. This, it was pretty obvious during uh, when Mueller delivered his report. Uh, well, Mueller really didn't deliver his report. It's obvious he didn't even know it was in the report. Mueller is, Mueller is suffering from the same situation Biden is suffering from. And, uh, but now, now it's beyond – I mean, the Steele dossier blown out of the water, completely false, all made up, a lot of it in Ukraine. That's what I was investigating in Ukraine in part. His his and and Biden's involvement in uh, digging up dirt in the Ukraine, the Steele dossier. Steele was there. The people who were helping to put together the hoax on on Manafort were there. Uh, you know, I was accused of interfering with the campaign. In fact, I was there a year before the campaign started because it would defend my client. Well, now it's obvious that Hillary also paid or her campaign paid for illegal spying on Trump, which Trump pointed out only to be laughed at and ridiculed, and now it's true. She's saying she didn't pay for it. 
But the campaign paid for it for sure. And when we come back, we'll talk about whether she paid for it. We'll talk, be back in a few minutes. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Minutes of something playing on the air that I think they used in uh, Korean prisons and they were trying to create the Manchurian candidate. And they're close. I mean, I was ready to give up somebody. I just have anybody to give up. You know, I think it's really funny about that, too. There was some article somewhere that, you know, Giuliani's going to testify before the January 6th committee and he's going to and and he could give up Trump. Well, first of all, let me make it clear. Uh, I'm willing to cooperate with any lawful committee if they can show me they're lawful and they're reasonable uh, anytime, anywhere, because I believe strongly in the law. So there are a lot of questions that have to be dealt with with that committee, including something that they don't seem to care about, which is called attorney-client privilege. I was the president's lawyer, and therefore it isn't really my decision ultimately about many of the things that they would like to. It's the president's decision, my, or let's say my client's decision. That happens to be the law. You may not like it. Somebody else may not like it. Crazy lefties don't like it anymore. They used to like it. They like it if it protects murderers, but not if it, you know, not if it protects a Republican of any kind. But in any event, it doesn't matter to me. I'm a lawyer. I apply the law. So that the issue of whether, of course, I'm cooperative. But the question is, will I do it or not? That's a legal question with a lot of parts to it that has to be determined. And if I did cooperate and I did, what was the word? Open up. What they would find is that everything the president did was completely lawful. I don't possess any information that would in any way incriminate Donald Trump. Here's what the left is going to have to live with. You've been trying to catch him for a crime for five years. Okay. He didn't commit any. You did. <laughs> and I, it's obviously painfully clear to me now. It always has been clear to me. But I think it's getting clear to America that you're, inje- you're engaging in projection. You charged him with colluding with the Russians. No, 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 no. You were colluding with the Ukrainians and some of the Russians. And you were paying them to get false information. And it looks like you were paying to engage in illegal surveillance, otherwise known as spying. And now that last part, It's certainly uh, now apparent that Hillary's campaign was she's saying she didn't do it. But there's a fine little distinction there. Her campaign did. And the question is, did she know what her campaign was doing? And if she knew about the payments to for the Steele dossier through Perkins Coey, her law firm, to launder it, then why wouldn't she know about the payments for the illegal surveillance? So there's a lot there, and that has not been investigated. And if it were, you know, investigated by Strzok, they would just fix it because everybody had the instructions on the Hillary investigation. And now I think it can be proven, if you just call the witnesses, that it was a fix. Comey knew from the beginning he had to find no liability on her part. Uh, Everybody in the FBI, if they're free to tell you, will tell you that. So... We got a, We got a point left. The point is, did Hillary know about the extra payment to spy on Trump? It's unlikely that she didn't, but we got to keep that open because 
we got to assume people innocent until proven guilty. Uh, but the reality is what is true beyond any doubt is the Russian hoax was a hoax. And now we got people like uh, Shifty Schiff who claims to have evidence of Trump's direct involvement in the Russian hoax. Everybody seems to want to forget that on the left. I'm not forgetting it. Okay, Shifty Schiff, where's the evidence? Show us the evidence. And that's the committee that wants everybody to testify that has Shifty Schiff on it. So are we going to go through another shakedown, frame up by Shifty Schiff and Swalwell, who had the communist spy girlfriend? We also have a committee that's not actually legal, that doesn't have a uh, – it doesn't have a proper minority member. I mean, the minority members are uh, uh, renegades. They're not approved by the by the minority leader. They're not Republicans officially, really. There are no Republicans on that committee, and therefore it can't really subpoena. I mean, a whole bunch of issues here that don't matter because the law doesn't matter if you're pursuing Trump or one of his people. It doesn't matter. Uh, their attorney-client privilege doesn't matter. Executive privilege, nothing matters. So when we come back... We'll talk a little bit about Hillary, and then we'll move on to your questions. You can depend on us. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill at home. Download the 77 WABC mobile app on your phone. Don't miss a minute. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The most watched show in New York prisons because they're seeking any little hint they can get of how many more are going to be let out. It's the Democratic State Convention. And uh, the person, you know, the, in the, over the last three or four years, the easiest way out of prison came from the governor. So Cuomo started the bail reform. Hokel Pokel uh, continued it. And now Hokel Pokel has been nominated. So they are celebrating in New York State prisons because they figure another 20, 30 percent will be out on the street. To rob your car, mug you, who knows what else, you know, uh, do smash and grabs, basically whatever they want. Because now, even better than last year, they have a DA that doesn't prosecute most stuff. So they're really anxious to get out because they they can get right back in business as soon as they get out. And they're hoping that Hokal Pokal, you know, just continues to expand the bail law that started with Cuomo. No, really, I'm serious. And Hillary is up there right now. So let's listen to Hillary, how anxious she was to, to, to answer questions about whether she, really the question should be, did she know that her campaign was paying for spying on Trump? But here's, here is, um, here's the, I think it's cut four. Hillary, Laura Collins, Daily Mail, did you pay to spy on the Trump campaign? When are you going to comment on the spying allegations, Hillary? Did you pay for to have him spied on? How much did your campaign spend to spy on Trump? Why won't you answer any questions about spying on Trump, Hillary? <laughs> I think we know why she doesn't answer the question. I mean, she may have, I mean, there may have been like uh, something about it on all those hard drives and, and, uh, Emails and texts that she did, 33,000. That might have been one of the reasons they were destroyed. I mean, they weren't destroyed for fun. You know that, right? I mean, 
And you don't bleach bit a, a, a computer. You don't bleach bit a computer. Uh, you just, I mean, if you want to delete from a computer, fine. People do it all the time. You don't bleach bit it unless it contains stuff like theoretically, you know, paying another couple of million so they could spy on Trump as a candidate and Trump as a president, which they did. They did spy on him. The question is, did Hillary pay for it? Hmm. Maybe we'll do a uncovering the truth on that this Sunday and have you vote on it. Put the proof up one way or the other. But, but I mean, the guy has made a real name for himself here because he's one of the few senators with a set of you know what is uh, Senator Ron Johnson. So let's listen to him on his analysis of the Russia hoax. I felt for quite some time that uh, the whole Russian hoax was simply a diversionary operation to misdirect the American public from the real wrongdoing of the Clinton campaign and members inside the FBI and Department of Justice that were complicit in this. And, of course, the, the news media is also complicit. They were either duped or they are fully complicit in the entire Russian hoax. Well, you know, there's a, there's a text that supports Brennan telling Obama exactly that. I'll get you the exact date of it, but it was in 2015 or maybe 2016. Brennan tells Obama, you know, Hillary is going to do this whole thing in order to take uh, emphasis off her hard drive and her, her emails. I'll tell you why. It's totally absurd that she wasn't prosecuted for destroying 33,000 emails. It's totally absurd when she was under investigation. There's nobody in the world that wouldn't have gotten prosecuted for it except somebody who could fix a case with the FBI, which is what she did. And it's the reason Comey should be in prison also. But you don't go to prison if you're a Clinton or a Biden. Mm-mm. You get to steal, 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 become multimillionaires and maybe billionaires. I don't know. You get to take money from Russia and give them material that can be used for, uh, for uh, nuclear weapons like the Clintons did. You get to uh, you get to take thirty one million dollars from the Chinese communists and be president of the United States if you're Biden. And uh, the press covers up for you. Is that a crooked country or is that a crooked country? So let's go to uh, let's go to let's go to Andrew. Hey, Rudy, you masterfully prosecuted people using the RICO statute. And the Hillary reminds me, like you said, of a crime family where there's always the buffer, like in The Godfather. There was the Senate hearing. There's a lot of buffers, Senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she, true. So like with the two, with Bernie Sanders, when she ran against him, they hired – there was a middle buffer that hired people to wear Bernie Sanders T-shirts and act insane and start fistfights, and they paid the people $1,000 and a bonus iPhone if they started right. fighting. And you also mentioned that she not only was careless with the emails, but she illegally removed government property. That those no question about it. Property. You know, you, you know, when 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 Comey gave that uh, now famous uh, uh, press conference in which he did something that no FBI director has ever done before, even J. Edgar Hoover, he laid out a case against a person they weren't going to prosecute. Now, whether it's Hillary or not, you realize how totally unethical that is like i'm not going to prosecute you but here's the crime you committed so i can i can tar you with it but you can't defend yourself so when he was giving that i know comey i hired him years ago (laughs) trump reminded me of that numerous times because i reminded him that he hired michael cohen so 
you look at you look at you look at that and you listen to it and you say to yourself, he's going to indict her. He was laying out crime after crime after crime. Then he lays out what is the quintessential textbook evidence of guilty knowledge, intent. And that's how you act. Here, let me give you the three that are the most important. Making a false statement, running away, or destroying evidence. Well, she didn't destroy evidence. She she destroyed a whole building of evidence when she knew there was an investigation. So if she were tried, the judge would charge the jury. That the jury, uh, not only could they look at the illegality or legality of it, they could use that as evidence of her intent. And, 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 and some judges might say powerful evidence of intent because there was so much of it. That's the way I convicted. That's, that's the way myself and most of my assistants and most prosecutors prove intent. Because you can't do an operation on somebody's mind and see what they're thinking. So you look at their actions and their actions show their intent. Somebody runs away. We call that it shows guilty knowledge. Somebody destroys evidence during the period of time of an investigation. You're allowed to draw an inference that the person is guilty. Comey then says something that is completely contrary to that. And he's too good a lawyer not to know this. He says there's no evidence of her intent. There were 33,000 pieces of evidence of her intent. So you're asking me, could I convict her? If I couldn't convict her, you shouldn't be a trial lawyer. I mean, she convicted herself just on that one thing. Now, there are many, many more things she'd be, she could be investigated for. Uh, the whole situation with Russia, man, given Russia material that could be used for, 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 for nuclear weapons and then the foundation getting this money. Do you know the Clinton Foundation got the most money from Ukraine, little tiny country Ukraine? And people wonder about, you know, is there corruption in the Ukraine? Is there corruption in Ukraine? When I started my investigation, I asked a very wise, intelligent person. I said, who can, I mean, who's honest in Ukraine? Who can I trust? He said, nobody. He said, here's what you can do. Uh, you can, you're going to have two kinds of liars and two kinds of crooks. Uh, one set lies, steals money, doesn't even keep its word. The other set, you know, steals money, takes bribes, but at least man-to-man, person-to-person, they keep their word. I said, wow, that's going to be fun. Uh, but the reality is that country, which is so well-known for corruption, is the single bi- biggest contributor to the Clinton Foundation. It's not that big a country. I mean, the percentage of their wealth that went to the Clintons had to be monumental compared to, let's say, Russia or U.K. or France or Italy or tells you something, right? And my view of history is they, the Clintons, ruined the Democratic Party. They took it to a level of corruption that we have not had in America before with their pay-to-play, selling the Lincoln bedroom, all that stuff. Everybody wanted to get rich like the Clintons. And uh, Biden, it may be interesting to see who made more, them or the Bidens. I mean, Biden made that. we know he made the $31 million from the Chinese communists. He got a $1.5 billion commitment to the phony private equity company, which I always emphasize. You know, the partners in that company were the Chinese communists. Biden's uh, uh, son, who was a drug addict, uh, Kerry's stepson, and Whitey Bulger's nephew. 
ignored by the American press. And we have a president now who's been paid more money by China than the United States. How could that possibly happen? So let's go to Woody. Hello. Hello, Woody. How's it going? It's going okay. I mean, I, 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 uh, they got uh, Hillary off the screen there, and they got Hokel Pokel up there now. But she's I, she's I explaining you. she's explaining how many more criminals she's going to let out in, in when she gets elected. She, she has a plan. She has a plan to let everybody out. You know, you see, if you let people out of prison, then you reduce crime. I, I was calling in because I keep hearing in the the media about different time frames for the uh, the spying situation that's going on. That it took place under the Obama administration, and that's why the the media won't pick it up. I just wanted to, to hear your input on that. Well, yeah, it did. I mean, it, it began. What we know it began during the Obama administration and that it began with uh, uh, spying on the uh, uh, Trump Tower and the other two Trump buildings that he was using while he was a candidate. And then we know it continued. But the question becomes, did it actually infiltrate the White House? It looks like it did. But I can't tell you that for sure. Just reading the uh, the report. But it looks like it continued for some time into the period of time that Trump was the president, which means they were spying on the president of the United States. Which, and, and that's what I was curious about. You know, there's just not a lot of transparency in the news media these days. And, oh, you are so right. With, uh, goes without saying, transparency. Uh, you're being nice, too, that there isn't transparency. You know what there really is, direct lying. But uh, So let's try Eric now. Well, Mr. Mayor, an honor and a privilege. Uh, What I'm looking at in terms of Eric Adams, for him to show real success, he has to reach the Giuliani benchmark to be as good or better than you for real success. Him walking around right now like he's Mr. Fashion Fair, dictating school menus and being in all the talk shows isn't getting what we need done in this city. He needs calling out the media for uh, lack of diversity. The media should play every racist comment he has made throughout his years to include his Farrakhan involvement. Every time he brings up race, there should be a loop playing every racist thing he has said. And also important, we need to follow the money with this guy. What does he have going into the mail and what he has after? And better yet, look each year. Follow the money with this guy. Who's paying him off? Well, I tell you, Eric, um, I started off wanting to give him every benefit of the doubt. And when he wouldn't stand up to brag, that was the strike one. And I know what it means to stand up or not because I've been in that situation many times uh, myself. And I know politicians who are, you know, suck. Uh, i got to find a nice way to say that. Politicians who like to kiss well, you know what I mean. Uh, it sounds like he is one. I mean, he, he lets his police commissioner go out front and he hides behind her. Uh, then then uh, then we we get him, you know, talking about ve- vegan this and vegan that when he set a record in the first month he was in office for the, for the biggest increase in crime. Any any new mayor. And now he thinks he's he's getting bad coverage. I mean, this guy better grow up. And, he, and he's got to go to racism over it? That was very, very disappointing. Well, we'll be back with a couple more comments, maybe a call or two more, and the mayor's final thoughts.
Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani, and I am back with the Mayor's Final Thoughts, which are sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. That's T2T.org. T, the number 2T.org. $11 a month. We'll be supporting our most important heroes and the ones that need that support the most, the ones who give their lives for our country or, or end up losing, uh, uh, losing their limbs and, and need uh, help with smart homes. And Tunnel to Towers is the first one that's there, and they need your help. So $11 a month is very, very little to ask to uh, support those who give up so much to protect us. Uh, my final thoughts today are going to be about uh, someone that we owe, we meaning me and all of us, but particularly those of us who are on radio and television, and we owe a great debt of gratitude to to uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was the uh, trailblazer. Man, he's the he's the one. Uh, now you could also look to you know those who came before him. There were a great many. Uh, uh, like Bob Grant, whose show I did a few times and uh, when I was very young and probably didn't know what I was doing, and he gave me a chance to, to do it and interviewed me numerous times with Barry Gray. And, but, I mean, the guy who, who, who got it national was, was, uh, was Rush, and he took an awful lot of abuse for it. Uh, but he developed an audience that was so loyal because, you know, if you got past all of the damage done to him, uh, Rush – was brilliant, worked really hard uh, on substance. He really taught you things. He thought of himself as a teacher in many respects, and he had a great sense of humor, which is why he could carry three hours sometimes of just monologue, and he'd have the largest audience in America. Uh, By withstanding all of that, he established a whole group of talk show communicators, and if it weren't for them, uh, we'd really be like East Berlin. I mean, it's it's through them that a lot of the information that's withheld by the crooked media gets to you. I mean, I don't know how much of a discussion there'd be about all the horrendous things that were done by Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party to pay for the Steele dossier, to spy on Trump, to develop uh, one false scenario after another, including this January 6th one now. Uh, there just wouldn't be any place for conservatives to, to, to have a chance to give their opinion. We owe all that to, to, to Rush Limbaugh. So let's, let's, listen to, let's listen to Mrs. Limbaugh uh, about him. I think it's its one-year anniversary for his death. It seems like a, it was a couple of days ago, but we really miss him. He hardly ever had an um, he'd hardly have a pause. He always had the ability to meet very complex issues, very easy to understand. You know, um, I knew Rush, I knew Rush when he was getting started. And uh, in a way, we were, we were being taught at the same time by the same teacher, uh, Roger Ailes. Uh, Roger was working with Rush, developing his... Um, his new national radio show, which he had gotten on WABC, or I guess at that time local to start with. And he was helping him with his monologue and how, and how the show would proceed. And at the same time, he, was, uh, he, he handled my 1989 pre- uh, um, 
mayoral campaign and taught me to be a, politi- a political speaker because I'd be kind of stiff. I was a, uh, used to being a lawyer. I given uh, hundreds of arguments in court, but you know, court is a little different than when you're dealing with uh, political communication. And uh, Roger would yell and scream at me when I got it wrong in an affectionate way, because I love, to this day, love Roger. And uh, he would do the same thing with Rush. I mean, he would get on the phone with him, and they'd go over the monologues. And then we used to play, you're going to find this totally crazy, we used to play water volleyball. In fact, one of the most famous moments is, uh, and maybe it will help Andrew now that he's running for office, uh, Rush and 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 uh, Roger, I think, were on the same team, and I was on another team with my son Andrew and uh, Peter Powers, and can't remember who else was involved in it. And it was very, very hotly contested. <laughs> Both Roger and and um, and Rush were com- total competitors about everything, including water volleyball. And uh, Rush goes up, you know, to slam one down, and he slams it on Andrew's head. I think Andrew was about seven then. Everybody expected Andrew to cry. Andrew just looks over, looks at me. Of course, the next time he gets it, he smashes it right back at Rush. <laughs> so I think Rush would be very proud of him watching him now run for governor because he's, he's got it. Of course, I'm talking about my son, so I'm allowed to say that. But he and Rush, um, he's got great memories of Rush Limbaugh, and I have great memories of Rush Limbaugh. He was a great man. He is a great presence even now. And you're going to listen to James now, and, and I'm sure James will, will, will talk about Rush. I hope he does. I mean, today is the anniversary, and nobody knows it much better than, uh, than James Golden. This is Rudy Giuliani. God bless America. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.